Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 104 of the Talking Fires podcast. Ben Fadden, your host here today to give you a little bit of an update on the CBA talks that happened in New York uh, between the Players Association and the league. Uh, But before that, we'll talk about news that came out from The Athletic regarding minor leaguers not being paid during spring training. That's what Major League Baseball wants, uh, and it looks like that's what's going to continue. Minor league baseball players, obviously, it's well known that they don't get paid well during the season, and we'll get into that. And they don't get paid at all during spring training. Um, and according to the Athletic, Evan Drellich posted this on Friday, saying that Major League Baseball does not want to pay its minor leaguers. And a lawyer in federal court said on Friday that minor league players should not be paid during spring training as they're not employees during training. Uh, even though they're employees during the season, they're training, so it's they're not employees, so they shouldn't be paid. That makes no sense. There's other things that don't make sense in this. And excuse me if I get louder here, uh, but that is just dumb. It's really, really stupid that Major League Baseball, when these are billionaires, Uh, can't pay their minor leaguers anything except lodging and food, which is probably, they're probably required to do that. So they're probably doing the minimum requirements to get minor leaguers through spring training, which by the way, is probably their most important time of the year because they're, especially for prospects that are trying to make it to the big league level, they have to make camp and perform really well during minor league camp. And they're not even getting compensated for that. Um, So let's share my screen here for the YouTube audience. This is from The Athletic, Evan Drellich. So, quote, uh, this is from Elise Bloom, a firm that is advising Major League Baseball in its lockout of Major League players, saying, quote, it is the players that obtain the greater benefit from the training opportunities that they are afforded than the clubs who actually just incur the cost of having to provide that training, end quote. Uh, Another quote, during the training season, the players are not employees, like I mentioned earlier, and would not be subject to either the Fair Labor Standards Act or any state minimum wage act. So they're saying because they're training, they're not employees, and therefore they don't have to be paid by the club. Uh, There's so many different ways to go about this. Uh, Minor leaguers, there's a big advocates page that you can look up. For minor, for minor league players and them not being treated well and 
I mean, during the season, I haven't even mentioned during the season, players, teammates, they have to literally room with each other and sleep in these, you know, one room apartments and have fast food uh, and take food that is, you know, brought into the clubhouse for post game and stuff. They have to take it home for future meals so that they can, you know, have enough food. Uh, It's just something that should not be happening clearly when Major League Baseball has billions and billions of dollars in their industry. They need to be treating their minor leaguers, their employees, better. Minor league teams, so let's say the Lake Elsinore Storm, for example, they, they're not in charge of paying the players. The major league clubs are. So it's on the major league clubs to pay minor leaguers during spring training. And I'll just get to points why it doesn't make sense. Uh, these minor leaguers, they're the same players that are playing in the same games as major leaguers. They're, they're the guys that are getting these clubs through spring training. I don't, I don't know if uh, owners even realize that according to what's been going on right now and them not wanting to pay these minor leaguers. Major league players early in camp, they don't even play in these games. They play, what, one inning, two innings, one at-bat, two at-bats? The minor leaguers are the guys that are playing these games. And fans are paying money, putting money in owners' pockets, in teams' pockets, to go watch these spring training games. These fans want to watch these spring training games. They want to watch C.J. Abrams and Robert Hassel III and Mackenzie Gore, you know, try to make the big league team impress, face some major league hitters on other teams, face top prospects on other teams, right? They're watching these guys. That's part of the reason why they pay and put money in the owners' pockets during spring training. spring training because they want to see these guys and so the main resource that these month that these owners are getting profits off of in spring training aren't even being compensated by the owners please tell me how that makes sense it doesn't um owners and teams like i just mentioned they're making money fans go to spring training to see these players and so for owners to make profit and bring in revenue from guys that they're not even paying makes zero sense. That makes zero sense. It's one thing for you to pay Fernando Tatis Jr. $20 million a year, which is what it's going to be around, you know, from I think this season on in this 14-year $340 million contract. It's one thing to do that and then, and then make a lot of profit off of it. It's another thing to not pay minor leaguers, not pay C.J. Abrams and Robert House III, money during spring training when they're the ones that are primarily playing. They're the ones that are in these lineups in road games uh, that some of broadcast, some games are being broadcast on the road where CJ Abrams is playing. And that's a big reason why people are watching it, you know? So the casual fan, yeah, maybe they might not have be interested in it, but people like me, people, diehard fans, they want to watch C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore in those Arizona Cactus League starts when they're playing, um, you know, it's not even in just Peoria, but they're playing, you know, the Diamondbacks at Salt River Field or Salt River, whatever the complex is, and it's on TV. Guess what? You're raking in money for that, and they're not even being paid. That just makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. According to the advocates of the minor leagues, so that's the site I was talking about, the program is trying to you know, make it more known, spread awareness of the things that minor leaguers have to deal with. Um, 
they say on their website that single A players during the season, during the playing season, are paid $500 per week. Double A players, $600 per week. Triple A players, $700 per week. And during the minor league season, that is when they're paid. That's the rate that they're paid, which is pretty much nothing compared to major leaguers, obviously. And that is not where really major league clubs are bringing in all the revenue. You know, a big part of the revenue is spring training for that month and a half that those games are being played. That Again, like I mentioned, that's probably the highest stress moments for the Mackenzie Gores and the C.J. Abrams of the world. I'm not even talking about lower prospects. I'm not even talking about the James Woods, who is on the next level below. I'm not talking about, um, you know, any any guy that Jack Stronach, he went to my local high school. I'm not even talking about those guys who do play in spring training games sometimes early in camp. They don't get paid either. And for owners to be making all of this money um, and not compensating the people who are helping them make the money in spring training is just downright stupid. And it's just wrong, morally wrong. Um, and that's that's really what I have to say about it. It's It just doesn't make sense for these guys to train all offseason, right, because it's their duty, according to the Advocates and Minor Leagues website, uh, and to make that le- less money, or the small amount of money that they make during the season and not even get paid during the, you know, spring training where they're making a lot of money for the owners, that's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. And I think that really, really needs to change. So if any minor leaguers are listening, watching this, feel free, contact me, get in touch with the show, Twitter, Instagram, talkingfires at gmail.com, whatever. And I'd be glad to have you on to give you, you know, first, give fans firsthand account of what you're going through, because I don't think that it's right. And I think that it's embarrassing for owners to be doing this. One thing, you know, let's transition. Another thing that's embarrassing for the owners is the CBA update and the lockout discussions. Rob Manfred talked in or uh, after the owners meetings on Thursday in Orlando, talking about, you know, the proposal and saying that it was going to be a good proposal and that he was optimistic that the season was going to start on time, March 31st, and that they need four weeks ramp up in spring training and a week between the CBA agreement and the start of spring training. And it was, and I was, on the episode this week, you know, I was talking about Manfred's comments. I was pretty enthusiastic about it. I was optimistic because it was like, okay, he's saying that they only really need a week and not two weeks uh, to, you know, get spring training started between when an agreement happens and the start of spring training. Uh, but that, I think it should be two weeks. And so I think that a, an agreement should come by the end of next week if they want that to happen because of how many things need to happen. Roster decisions, trade discussions, free agent discussions. Uh, it doesn't, unless there's, you know, illegal things happening, players are going to be, have to talk to teams. It's not just going to be them talking to one team most of the time and saying, okay, I'll go sign and go play spring training. The Carlos Correa's, the Freddie Freeman's of the world, they're going to be talking to multiple teams. It's not just going to be one team interested. And even if it is one team interested, that's not going to take a one-day discussion, probably. It's going to take multiple days, a week, two weeks to get things done. There's so many things on the plate of A.J. Preller and other general managers and president of baseball operations. I think there needs to be two weeks, so I think a deal needs to happen. 
by the end of next week. Um, and But that's not looking great, according to the reports, the Evan Drellich uh, reports, the Jesse Rogers, Jeff Passan, the Bob Nightingale, all of the reports that are coming out of New York uh, and the meetings, the MLB and the Players Association meetings, it does not look good. So let's get right to it. I'm recording this right after all the reports have happened. They, According to SNY, they met at 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time today in New York at Major League Baseball's headquarters. And the meeting was supposed to be a Major League Baseball counterproposal or a proposal to the Players Association. And it was supposed to kickstart some momentum. And it doesn't look like there's been a whole lot of momentum, according to all of these reports. Now, I got c- pissed off you know, quite frankly, about meetings only being 90 minutes in previous episodes this month, I think is, I think it was this month about, you know, I was mad about these meetings only being 90 minutes and, you know, you, it's literally their job right now, the league and the players to get together and, you know, lock themselves in a room and get something done. These 90 minute meetings and then flip-flopping back and forth between core and economic things and just non-economic things doesn't make sense. Hash out one thing before you hash out the next. There's so many things that are going wrong here. Um, The purpose, again, was a a proposal by the league to the players, and it lasted not even 90 minutes like I was mad about. So I'm really going to be mad because it it lasted less than an hour. June Lee of ESPN.com at 1.57 p.m. Eastern time reported that the meeting had ended. It started at 1 p.m. So the, I think the Players Association lawyers, Bruce Meyer and a couple other guys, they went to the league office at like 12.55 p.m. So the meeting started around new, uh, 1 o'clock probably Pacific, uh, Eastern time, and it lasted less than one hour. And right when that happened, it was like, okay, obviously there was nothing that probably happened significant that happened. Uh, it's pretty embarrassing that a core economic proposal discussions hadn't happened in 11 days, 11, more than a week, a week and a half. Those discussions haven't happened in 11 days. And guess what happened? You meet for less than 60 minutes. That's embarrassing for both sides, more the owners, but both sides, especially when the commissioner comes out this week in Orlando after owners meeting and said, it's going to be a good proposal and it would be disastrous for a season to not start on time. Really? Would it be disastrous? Because it doesn't look like it would be disastrous because you guys aren't acting fast. It doesn't look like you really care about hammering out the details with the players or else you'd spend more than 60 minutes in the meeting. It's as simple as that. It doesn't seem like either side. Now, the players, they they say that they're eager. I'm more on the player side here. Uh, but the players say, obviously, that they want to get to the bargaining table, but the owners aren't. The owners don't look like they want to do that. And that's pretty embarrassing for billionaires to say, "Eh, whatever, I don't really care about the season starting on time. Eh, Those fans that had those February spring training plans, it's all right. You know, just get your refunds. You're not going to have those plans. It doesn't look like they care. And that should be embarrassing to them, but it doesn't seem like it is. So the details here. Uh, The Major League Players Association came out of that meeting with Major League Baseball unimpressed by the offer, according to June Lee of ESPN.com, and there was very little progress made between the two sides. Well, yeah, when a meeting's less than an hour, there's going to be very little progress. Uh, Evan Drellich tweeted 
In fact, we can I can share my screen for the YouTube audience here. Let's see here. Evan Drellich of The Athletic, he reported on Twitter that as part of MLB's proposal, the competitive balance tax threshold started at 210 last year. Uh, he said that it was their proposal is going to be to 214 this year. In 2022, 2023, 214 million it would stay. 2024, 216 million, 218, and 222 million uh, going up in the years after that. So only a $4 million increase by the owners in the competitive balance tax thresholds from 210 to 214 for the next two seasons. That's not enough. Again, that doesn't seem like the owners really care about getting this proposal actually you know, past the five-yard line, you know, like they're not even close, their own five-yard line, by the way. They're not even, it doesn't seem like they care. They're not making significant progress to the players. These offers, it's not good. To keep it only $4 million increase, for most teams, what is that? A one-year offer to a bench player? Like what is that $4 million really going to get you for an increase in the 210 to 214. Really, what is it going to get you? That's not, for the Padres case, let's say they're creeping up to the 210. Castellanos doesn't cost only $4 million a year. You know, it just doesn't really do anything. What is $4 million? I'm, I don't even know if Tommy Pham on a one-year deal would be $4 million. That would cost probably more than that. You know, like, so these competitive balance tax proposals they need to increase more than that. We're talking it should probably increase more to 220 to 240 million dollar range. And is that going to happen? Probably not, but I think that's the significant thing that needs to happen here. That's not being that's not happening. Evan Drellich again saying Major League Baseball made two proposals uh, in terms of the minimum salary, one flat amount of 630,000. I believe the minimum salary right now is 570,000 and Teams could pay more if they wish under that proposal. The other proposal, a tiered proposal with an increase in year three. Now it's at $615,000, which that would be the zero to one year service time for this proposal uh, with an increase in year three. Um, so 600, so the second proposal that they did, 615,000 in year one, year two would be 650,000, year three, uh, would be 725000 and then they go to arbitration after year three, I believe. Um, so, okay, maybe that's progress. I think the 630000 is progress, and maybe that's where they end up going. Um, maybe they end up – but I think, I think you might see the 630000 be more likely than the second proposal because I think that they should compromise with the players – getting what they want in the top 30 war pre-arbitration bonus. So the top 30 pre-arbitration eligible players that place top 30 in war in baseball get bonuses. Uh, so like the Randy Rosarenas of the world, um, just the pre-arb players, you know, the, uh, who else? The rookie of the years, the Juan Francos, guys like that uh, would get bonuses. I think you could see that more. And with the 630000 they stick with that because that's more money than the first year of service time so that they guarantee that those players get more and just even if they don't get the pre-R bonus, they just still get more than that one-year service time number. Um, but that's another thing. 
So those are the two points from Evan. Uh, I'll stop sharing my screen and then get to the other points here. Other points, Yahoo Sports' Hannah Kaiser said that the league covered nearly 12 core and non-core economic proposals, uh, but the new proposal is still seen as insufficient, obviously, and there's just hasn't, there just wasn't much progress. It was small increases by the owner's point of view, and that's not going to be good enough for the players, rightly so. These owners are billionaires. And you add in the fact that minor leaguers aren't being paid in spring training like I talked about, and these players aren't making as much money as they probably should in terms of revenue that they're being that they're giving the owners in terms of ticket sales and jerseys and all that. They're not making as much money as they think. And so the players should maximize and have the leverage. Um, Jesse Rogers said that the pro proposal included eliminating draft pick penalty for going over the first luxury tax threshold. So I do like that. I think that would be good um, because teams like, let's say, the Padres, right, if they went over it this year, this past year with the Dodgers, I think those are the only two teams. Let's say that they don't go over it this year because usually there's penalties for consecutive years. They take that year off, and then they go over it next year. They don't have to give up a draft pick for it. So that could increase them be saying, okay, we'll go over it. We'll just pay the tax, but not have to give up a draft pick. And we know teams value those draft picks. Um, Jesse Rogers also said that he didn't, that major league baseball did not address revenue sharing or expansion of arbitration, super two player contracts, which is a sticking point for the players, which is likely going to be a sticking point. Um, so that's not surprising either that this is going to be a sticking point for the players revenue sharing, obviously, the players, I believe their issue with revenue sharing is that it's split across all these all these teams, including the Pirates, like the Yankees with all their money. They split some of it to the Pirates and the Marlins of the world. But the players' issue is the Marlins, Pirates, those teams aren't spending the money back to the players and putting that money that they're getting from revenue sharing. They're not giving that money back to players in, in their contracts. They're just keeping it. And letting, you know, the players make these minimum contracts, not bringing in free agents, and they're just tanking. Um, so that's the player's issue with that. Um, so that's another issue that happened there. And obviously, which was, doesn't make sense. I mean, Bob Nightingale said that the offer was 130 pages. And so if an offer is 130 pages, the proposal by the league to the players, how is there nothing addressing the pre-arbitration super two contracts and the revenue sharing when the league knows that the players that's a sticking point how is there 130 pages and that's not even included so that it's those little details like that where they know that the players want to that to be addressed and it's not even in a 130 page um, proposal so it's just those little things where it's like, okay, the owners don't really care about starting the season on time or having that two-week gap instead of just one week like it looks like it's going to be like Rob said, Rob Manfred said. Instead of having – I mean, it would be better for the owners to give their general managers two weeks instead of one week to negotiate things. And, you know, they've already – they're already mapping out a plan, obviously, during the lockout with their staff because they can't communicate or at least aren't supposed to be communicating with teams. but give wouldn't that be a good thing for the owners to give their staff an, an additional week to prepare and bring in players 
and talk with players and negotiate trades, possibly <clears throat> Eric Cosmer, you know, like, wouldn't that be better for the owners? It doesn't look, it, it doesn't seem like they care. And that's frustrating for the players. That's frustrating for the fans. I want an additional week. I don't know about you. I want an additional week to talk about moves. I don't want to have to cram everything into one week and say, oh, we're starting spring training. Doesn't look like there was much progress at all with the Hosmer deal because A.J. Preller had to had no other option but to focus on bringing back Tommy Pham or another bench outfielder and focus on, you know, reeling in a Castellanos or a Suzuki or a Bryant or focus on adding another reliever. And they just didn't have time to negotiate trades, you know, because there's only one week. Don't, don't forget, we for, we didn't even have the winter meetings this year. So how about you have get your heads together and have two weeks in between. So get a deal done within the next week, get two weeks, and then you're off and running. That would be much better for everyone involved, for players, right, getting to, to know where they're going to have to rent places for spring training and know where their family is going to live during the season. That's another thing. I mean, it just – I mean – like Nelson Cruz, for example, I think he's in Dominican probably. Where is he going to live? He doesn't know. You know, him, other free agents, wouldn't it be better for them to have some time to just know where their life's going to be? You know, one week is not a lot of time, especially when other teams, you know, when teams aren't just dealing with that one player, they're dealing with a lot of players. And I know they have a staff. It's not just Preller talking to each player individually, Josh Stein, the assistant GM, Fred Oma Jr., Jr., the assistant GM, the players, the baseball ops department, scouting staff, they can all do that. But it's just, there's just no urgency. I guess that's my point. There's just no urgency, it seems like, by the owners. The proposals don't even seem like real proposals because the, you know, just for example, the luxury tax, the values, the proposals in comparison from last year, they're just not going up enough. It's like, okay, we'll increase it and say that we increased it. So it's a, you know, a nice PR thing. Hey, we increased it. We're trying, but we're not really trying, you know, real fans. They know that you're not really trying for the owners. And it's frustrating, especially coming off the report, how they're treating minor leaguers during spring training uh, and just overall. So it's just frustrating. Those are the, that's the latest information. Again, the meeting ended in less than an hour. Uh, the union players union was unimpressed. There was very little progress made between the two sides, 130 page CBA proposal by the league to the players. Uh, but it didn't even include all of the sticking points that the players want addressed. So this is not a good day. If you're a baseball fan, um, I don't know when they're next going to meet. But I just don't understand, before I let you go here, I don't understand why they're not just getting in a room and just hashing out a deal until a deal is done. Because they're not meeting tomorrow on Super Bowl Sunday. And who are they going to meet next week every day? They haven't done that. Again, it was, there was an 11-day gap between a core economic proposal and the next one. Rob Manfred saying that he was optimistic and it was a good proposal. A good proposal for who, Rob? Not the players and the owners. My question to them, do you really, really care about the fans 
spring training plans? Do you really, really care about starting the season on time? Because it just doesn't seem like it through your actions. So please just get in a room and have longer than hour to hour and a half conversations. That would be much, much better and make a lot of fans, including me, a lot happier. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll keep you updated. Till next time, let's go Padres. Ben Fadden out here. See ya.